up, bitches! <laughs> It's my favorite service of the week, but uh, probably not actually yours. Yeah, I actually yeah. love Saturday into Sunday is like the devil's swing. You're just like <laughs> late night, early morning, running on fumes. But I do. I then love. Then you brunch. have a good service, and then you're just like, oh, that was fun. I love it. You know. I do. I generally love love any type of breakfast food. I'd have it. You know, four. Oh yeah, one of my. I'd have it three times a day if I if if my wife would let me, and sometimes I do. Yeah, because sometimes my, she lets me. <laughs> if my staff is feeling a type of way, and we're doing family meal, breakfast for dinner will put everybody in the happiest of moods. That's the way to go, man. Yeah. That's the way to go. Pancakes at night, like money. Hell yeah! I mean, really? I remember <clears throat> the first time that my wife and I made. Well, I think it's because we watched Scrubs, and they, they, there's a scene in Scrubs. I don't remember what season, but. They called it Brenner. And the whole thing was, you get breakfast for dinner? Like, you have an amazing wife. And we're both looking at each other like, why are we this dumb that we haven't done that yet? I mean, we're both adults. There's no one stopping us. So, yeah. That yeah, night for, we made... For us, made, it's like, I'm not up in the morning unless paid. So, the only time <laughs> I eat breakfast food is at night. But I still like it. Yeah. Just, well, that's your... You're not on a... You're not on a... Fuck, I can't even... I've talked to a lot of people, like, in restaurants, bars, breweries, and they're, it's just it's a... Even when I ask, like, kind of what their schedules like, they're like, I don't know. You're, you're kind of like doctors. You're on, yeah. Yeah, you're like, just. I wake up from a dead sleep at seven thirty in the morning the other day and go, I didn't order steaks, and it, thankfully it was one day ahead of when I had to make sure I ordered steaks because yeah. we get them from a special place that so many days in advance you got to let them know because they got to cut them and, you know, like, I'm sleeping, <sighs> steaks, you know, and if. You're not thinking about that shit all the time. It's you're not going to be doing good. Do you have you don't have any kids? No, no. Okay, kids. four cats. Okay, no kids. Okay, um, not the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but that is uh, that's kind of what we do now because like with uh, he's three and a half months, and it's kind of like that. You just kind of sit up. You're like, and like I worry about like stuff that I always did worry about, but now I actually and like audibly worrying about it like out loud to anyone in the room or no one in the room like is the door locked what if someone tries to break in i'm like a mile from the police station <laughs> if someone tried to break in here they're a horrible criminal but like it's, yeah, it's lakewood where they're just driving in circles with a, a lot of cops all the time are. you know what i mean people are like oh the taxes i'm like yeah but you know what it's clean no one steals my shit it's a it's kind of a you know what you're my neighbor and i'll tell you this my garage doesn't lock <laughs> I collect motorcycles, bicycles. No one touches it. I have a code to get into my garage, but I'm pretty sure you can type anything in. Yeah. I don't think it really... It's the joys of Lakewood. Yeah, it really is. It's why, nice. if you're going to... It's the city benefits without the city downfalls. It, truly. That's why I like Lakewood. It's you like... Ever, I mean, you've been to other cities. Like, I'm not... I, and I, I, we've been to New York, I don't know, eight, nine, ten times. I don't know. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just turn the corner and you'll... And this is before... COVID. Like sometimes you just like turn the corner and walk down the street and there is just garbage everywhere. Yeah. Like that's just not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it's just, it's nice. I like it. Yeah. I, I grew up uh, like in Cleveland and 
I remember coming to Tremont to see my cousins like in high school and I was like, why the fuck do you live here? Uh, and then I came to see my other cousins in Lakewood and I was like, this is amazing. And mm, yeah. that, that's where I moved. I was like, we toyed with Tremont a little bit, but I think, well, the main thing I knew about Tremont is I really love the restaurants and there's nowhere to park. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't. And honestly too, it was surprisingly expensive. Shockingly expensive. And for being like, Three minutes away from a bad part of town. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, here really you're like is. it's slightly cheaper. It's like if Rocky River was right next to Beirut. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, wild. it's and you know it's never really changed either. Like the no. nicer parts never really spilled into the bad part, and the bad parts it's just everyone's yeah. just like, hey man, be it's cool. just kind of like this. You might get your window smashed and your laptop's missing. Yeah. You shouldn't have left it in your car. And I'm like, and that was I don't worry about that in Lakewood. No, no, oh God, no. Like, Not at all. I mean, and, and so but like, I still am by restaurants. I'm by bars. I'm by the rapid station. Like yeah. I'm within 15 minutes of downtown. Like you know, someone asked me about the rapid the other day because they were because you know the, there's that like revamp of like the rapid yeah. and everyone was like uh, like people that don't live here like some people have messaged me he's like what's what's the rapid like I'm like well I'll tell you when I was in college it definitely wasn't something you wanted to get on yeah I'm like but I mean we're by 117th my wife and I have done that. I don't know, probably 15 times to go down to like a game or something like that. Yeah. If you're going to, if it's like summertime, you want to go down to a game or winter, whatever, doesn't really matter, I guess. And you want to have some drinks and you don't want to drive. It's not a bad <laughs> option. And quite frankly, I, I don't, I've never been on it in the last couple of years when we've been on it where yeah. I was just like, keep your head down. Shit's going to go down. Yeah. I mean, it's public transit. Yeah. But I, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't ride it enough, but I'm, I can tell you in the time but that I have, I've never cared. A lot of my cooks ride it every single day. I That's happily <laughs> take it into the restaurant. Some t Before I got to have a paid parking spot, like behind the restaurant where I didn't have to nice. <laughs> pay to park. <laughs> uh, I was, I lived in Lakewood. Take the train in and out. You're five bucks. Park downtown. You're double. I'll take the train. Oh, I agree. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there are problems. Like if I go, if I go anywhere every single day or do something every single yeah. day, there will be a problem. Yeah. There will. If I go to Chuck E. Not Chuck E. Cheese isn't a good idea because that there actually are a lot there of problems. problems there every day. <laughs> That's actually, it's wild that that place is, you can Google Chuck E. Cheese fights on YouTube and you can have yourself a good old time because that shit happens a lot. Yeah, it's mm. like, it reminds me of, I was talking about my white trash summer a couple years ago. We uh, did all things that we could think of. Demolition Derby, uh, Monster truck rally, tractor pull. I should have gone to Chuck E. Cheese. Like that's uh, rounded up. That's where you that, should have had dinner it's after like the tractor. Generally up. adjacent. Yeah. Hit Golden Corral on the way home. Oh, Golden. <laughs> you know, as somebody. Well, okay. Now that we're done fucking about. Uh, so Ryan Matthew Boone uh, from Cordelia. Now you're the chef at Cordelia. I am uh, the executive sous chef under okay. Vinny Chef Owner. So. Now for dumb people, not me. Other dumb people. What does the executive kind of sous chef mean? Uh, most of the day to day for those who have not seen the yeah. second season of The Bear yet. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> most of the day to day stuff uh, that kind of goes on with the restaurant rolls through me and with me, and then I'm part of most of the big picture stuff, kind of being the gap in or the bridge of the gap in between that. You know, keeping the kitchen running, keeping the ideas uh, aligned with kind of what we want to be doing. So, so and in a place like Cordelia and kind of in a role like yours because I can name four or five people that have been on here where they have this role it's almost like a 
you almost are just like, yeah, that's my job, but I kind of do whatever is needed at any given time. Yeah. I mean, since we've opened, I've worked the line, baked the bread, I butcher, I run our dessert program, I expedite um, pretty much every single night. I do our tasting menus. I conceptualize our food. I make sure our menus are spell checked. I, you know, pretty much do whatever falls into a day of running, you know, the restaurant. So... And you're not too long ago across a year, right? Uh, yeah, a year and probably almost coming into a year and a month. So. A year and a month. Okay, so not yeah. that long ago. Yeah. Um, that Well, congratulations, first of all. Well, thank you. Yeah, we joke. We made it. We've, we've turned one. But that is. That, that's, a, that's a big deal for a couple reasons. Obviously, you ask anybody, I think, um, restaurants in general can be kind of, can be obviously difficult uh, because it, it's very, very competitive. Cleveland has a lot of restaurants and it is very competitive. Um, and then it's just, there's just so many things that kind of go into that. But I'll tell you, and I think we, we started talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but I wanted to wait before the recording because I really wanted it to be known for me to you, the amount of people that anyone that has, uh, has been like, hey, I went to Cordelia. Everyone's like, isn't it fucking great? <laughs> I mean, that's a very, no one has ever <sighs> told me that they had a yeah. bad, no one's ever told me they had a yeah, bad experience. I mean, and that's, you only get one chance to make a first impression. We talk about that every day. You reference the bear. You know, that's one of my favorite scenes in that show is when, uh, what's his name? Ricky is talking to the guy that I think it's supposed to be Alinea that he's at, uh, but they called it something else for the show. But he's talking about that, like, this is our every day. This is somebody's one day. Yeah. Right? That's why we're here. I don't care about the mood I'm in, how I slept, this, that, the other. Like, you know, we're here to make that, hopefully great impression with you today and the next time you come in and like uh you know we're super happy that we've succeeded at what we've wanted to do you know we we treat everyone with with our midwest nice hospitality forward uh you know perspective and and it's humbling to just hear that people have like received it so well across the board i mean it's it's and you mentioned a couple of things there like take the food out of the equation my first time there, our server was so nice and friendly, and I honestly felt like it was just like another person at our table. Yeah. Um, but that's how he was. Yeah, I think um, that's they're beautiful at finding that balance of like taking care of you without feeling, uh, you know, like it's service. If that makes sense, they're like just friends hosting yeah. you at their house. You know, it, it, no, it it makes complete sense because it, it wasn't like a. My name is so and so. I'll be your server for tonight. They're like, hey, what's it's up? a pleasure. You know, yeah. they're saying it because they have to. Like, no, yeah. they genuinely are happy to have you guys in. Yeah, and it was it was awesome. We had the drinks were great. Um, I didn't know what to expect the first. Time. I knew everyone had said we should go, and then our friends were like, hey, we got table for four Friday. Come with us. I'm not even trying to go. I'm like, awesome. We were so excited, and we went. And I remember had a bunch of different things. The thing that stuck out to me was the chicken. I had this fried chicken that was so goddamn good, um, and uh, I'm a and like and I'm a like some people are just like I'm particular about my sushi. I am particular about any type of fried chicken or wing, I or, or pizza or whiskey or beer. I'm a fat dude. We're particular, yeah. 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 So but I mean us- that in particular because I'm just like you know what it's I, <clears throat> I I and we were talking about this right before like Doug Tratner he and I disagreed a little bit when I was like I'm particular about my wings. He's like, well, I mean. I mean, they're wings. How different can they be? I'm like, whoa. 
Yeah, Douglas. come on. <laughs> I came from greenhouse. I mean, wings are yeah. that's you a, know, thing a point of pride. Though. Yeah, like I'm I'm a big when someone's like wings, I haven't had it. I'm like boom, and that's one of the things that if like someone visits Cleveland, I feel like I need to know if they're like. Where can I get good wings? I got to tell them a couple places, give them yeah. options like that have really good wings or or really good chicken or something like that. Yeah, but our, our fried chicken, I mean, well, thank you. Uh, it's funny where these things come from. Like we shut down uh, during the pandemic, as everyone else did. We were at Summer House, uh, now the Summer Place in Lakewood at the time, and uh, I was quarantined at home. Like, and I realized how much having a fryer. To, to make fried chicken sandwiches and stuff is like what I ate a bunch. So uh, I ended up buying a, or getting a fryer for the house um, and messing around with like creating like my f- perfect fried chicken breading. And I found out it's like a mixture of potato starch and rice flour and you fry it twice because when you pull it out the first time, moisture leaves the chicken, which causes the breading to get less crispy. So you refry it to remove that moisture from the breading so it's extra crispy. And it just became like, you know, uh, our brains have to do something and I'm stuck at home. So I'm like, I'm gonna figure out how to make really amazing fried chicken. And like, that was for chicken sandwiches, but that was, you know, snowballs into, we're putting chicken on our menu here. And, and, you know, people loved it and we're like, awesome. I mean, I love fried chicken. It's to me, a representation. My first job was working at a grocery store that sold fried chicken and Jojo's. That's like why it's on the menu. I mean, and I mentioned I'm from Akron. Uh, yeah, and so is Vinny, and that's thing. kind of so <laughs> Vinny and I align a lot on stuff like that, like these memories of what we loved about food or where we're from. And for me, I worked at this place in Olmsted Falls, Shakers IGA Marketplace. It was like a little podunk grocery store before Olmsted Falls had fully been like developed and turned into a bunch of developments. And we uh, had like you know the deli counter fried chicken JoJo's. That was like one of my first jobs. I wanted to work it because it meant you got to eat. And that's still one of the things that I like about working in restaurants is I eat really good every day. Um, and I was talking to Vinny about like, I don't want to do fries. Like, what if we did JoJo's? And he goes, I'm from Akron. Everywhere is pizza, chicken, and JoJo's. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Huge. Nobody does that in Huge. Cleveland. And he's like, it's everywhere in Akron. Pizza, chicken, and JoJo's. That's a big deal. So that's how we end up with, you know, fried chicken and JoJo's on the menu. Everything that's on that menu comes from this like, idea conversation of it's not just to put out food you know like to you can come up with steak with demi-gloss this with that poutine whatever for us it's about like the food as much as why it's there and the story behind it and i think that's like what makes the fried chicken good is we care about it oh, it yeah. means something to us and it's there for a reason it's not an afterthought you know the other thing about uh, one of the many things about it. It's obviously, the drinks were great. Honestly, everything. The drinks were great. Service, everything. I think I was maybe there a little more than an hour, and it was packed on a Friday. Oh yeah. So we weren't, and, and that was us kind of fucking about too. Like yeah. we were with friends we hadn't seen for a little while, and most of the time was us just kind of bullshitting. It wasn't waiting. Yeah. It wasn't anything. And like you look around again, it's packed. But the other thing that really stood out to us was that Cordelia has a a fancy vibe and a like dive bar vibe all at the same time. Called highbrow lowbrow. It's a very it's a very it's a thing that I think you achieve by not trying to achieve it. It's very weird. I think it's a representation that people don't see of what 
genuine restaurant people are like. Yeah. We serve you caviar and then we drink PBR. Yeah. We sell you a $200 steak and then we get Taco Bell on the way home, right? And this is who we are. And we're finally coming into a time, I think, with food, with restaurants, with shows like The Bear, you know, um, that we're celebrating that. And I think people like seeing Cordelia being a representation of the people that made it. It's not made for Instagram. It's not made to be this restaurant in New York or this place somebody saw in L.A., it's us and what we're doing. And, you know, like I'm the first to joke that like, I always want to be like, Oh, well you deserve it. But I'm also a cheap frugal, like chef who makes a chef's weight, you know? And that's the dichotomy of Cordelia. We love nice things. We also love dive bars. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I, it's awesome hearing that because like we built that space from wallpaper to boost to every inch of it was, I mean, when I walked in, it was studs and cement floor we strip lola to the bones and andrew and Vinny were amazing in taking all of our input um you know the the three four five of us that were in these conversations and making the space a reflection of like us and where we would want to hang out it's it again but that's kind of the other part of it too it felt like a place that uh i want to go and have like a good dinner if someone's coming in from out of town it also like a place i just want to go and have a drink you know, it's it's again. I don't think that that is a, a something that you can purposefully achieve. I think it's best example. May not a great one, but when when I think about like places, not even restaurants, places in general that have personality, like Black Hat Barbershop. Black Hat Barbershop, Ryan Hardwick's place. Shout out Ryan. Love Shout out death. Pat. You He's know, been those on are here my twice. Guys. He's a great dude. I saw that he was on here. Yeah, I was like, but that was part of him. Like, oh hell yeah, you did Ryan. That's my yeah. dude. Ryan's been on twice. He's a great dude. And, but in the thing I talked to him about, I was like, like, there are obviously a lot of barbershops, but Black Takes Hat three is- three weeks to get a fucking haircut at Black Hat, though, yeah. for a reason. Yeah. And it's not the haircut. And it's nothing against the haircut. It's the culture. It's well, the- They love the it. The vibe, the- They got- You're happy to be there. You're happy to spend your money with people who are doing something that they are doing for them, but is also making this city- you know, talked about with Chicago, with New York, with, you know, we're actually getting some noto notoriety, I feel like, because of people like those guys. And, I you agree. know, and it's because they care and they love that shit. Every episode of LeBron's uh, show starts in the barbershop, yeah. in Black Cat. Yeah. The intro is in Black Cat, you know, like, it's and that day <laughs> I rode my bike by Black Cat with Toby. Toby and I were out bike riding and I saw Ryan outside. And they were filming the barbershop and we stopped and we talked with them. And he's like, Rick Ross and LeBron in there. You want to see? I was like, eh. fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like if those guys weren't doing that, like, you know, I've also fed LeBron and his agent and done things, you know, like there's people here that are bringing a sense of community and culture and believing in something bigger than themselves. And I think that people are attracted to that. They want to, to feel that sense of purpose and community and identity and pro and nobody is clout prouder more proud than clevelanders like dude i know the best uh i was talking <clears throat> with someone at work uh who i work remotely but i was talking with someone at work we were talking about football and uh and he, he was a cleveland he go, oh cleveland's you browns fan I'm like yeah i mean i am that's our thing and we joked around I'm like yeah 
it doesn't really matter how bad it gets, man. That Muni lot is filled every single Sunday. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We went one we went two years and won one game. People didn't stop going to that Muni lot. Like they we're just like, but doesn't I mean, matter. Somebody wrote every an article week, that we could turn it around. We're the only city that wears shirts about us. Like, you know, uh we love Cleveland through and through, and we love seeing people doing something unique and fun and cool and themselves here and you we know, I think like too. we, you know, I don't ever want to speak ill will, but we all see a lot of people come in here and try to monetize that. You know, they try to create a restaurant or a barbershop or something. They're not from here and it's not genuine and it's more of a concept than a maybe like a homegrown thing. And people, you know, they see that and they support the stuff that's homegrown and, and people like to see you know, the local guy, the yeah. win. people do love that. I mean, they, they, but again, like they, and what, well, but that's again, like personality to a place is not something that you can plant. It's just, you just have it. And that's the person or the people that are actually doing it. You know, no one's sitting around like, but we got to make sure it has personality. That just happens just yeah. because the people that have, that are doing it, it, it comes out in yeah, them. And you I can think pay you some that. guy to come in from New York and teach you how to make a proper sauce. No, but of course not. You know, yeah, but, I mean, but, it, but, you, th- but that doesn't make your restaurant what it is. You and know? that it's guy, a part of it. That but, guy also can't come in and tell you how to relate to Clevelanders. Yeah, you know? exactly. And our food is a, it's a celebration of growing up here of like not, you know, I talked to somebody the other day that said, you've never moved away from Cleveland. I can't believe that. And I'm like, well, I mean, I've traveled, but like, I like it here. Like I'm not trying to leave. Like I'm trying to show other people like it's a cool place. Yeah. Like we have a great food scene, an amazing arts and culture scene, a great music scene. Like there's so much good going on. Um, that the people that are from here want people to see it and celebrate it and be happy about it. And the number of people I feed every single day that are from Chicago, from New York, from LA, from, and they go, Oh my God, I came to Cleveland and honestly, I didn't expect much. And then, and then they start telling me about their meal here and about going to the rock hall and about checking out the West side market and, you know, stopping over. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool here. It's, we're not, no one's twisting our arm to stay here. No, aside from the food and the music and the drinks and the culture and the sport. Cause again, you know, the other thing too, is that we are a sports town, you know, there are, you know, there, there's towns like Boston and Philly you know, and, and, you know, Atlanta, like that are different. They're different yeah. in terms of sports and not just because we have three of the primary sports. Yeah, it's we just, we're be- just different. You know, we, we get behind like Philly. You don't want to go to Philly in a fucking Yankees Jersey. Yeah. Like, they're brutal. You don't want to go to Boston like that. They're brutal because those are, those are homegrown people. Most of them are from there and grew up there and they love it there and Cleveland's no different. And I think that translates into the other stuff too. People want to support, Want to support the, the the neighborhood, their community, for sure. One thing we saw during COVID, you know, with a lot of places was, uh, you know, people are like, hey, man, if you're going to go out and get a pizza, go to one of these local places and get a pizza. You know, not knocking Papa John's or Donato's or Domino's, yeah. something like that. But you know what, man? It might be $5 more to get a large pizza, but support these people that kind of need it. And places really did that. You know, when you yeah. talk to some of those places that kind of, some of them opened like right around when that shit went down, 
They were like, the thing that helped me was the neighborhood got behind us. And they're like, if they needed, you know, wine or beer, they came here. If they needed food, they came here. Like, that's a big thing. Yeah. And I mean, I think the pandemic also for all of the, you know, horrible things that came with it, it brought us a greater appreciation of our favorite restaurant, of our favorite Mm. bar, of our favorite place to go be social with people to go interact to break bread to tell stories to talk bullshit you know like we all have had that forever and then we didn't yeah and reopening after that and opening cordelia after that knowing how things were priced and you know shit was going to be more expensive and a lot of me was just so stressed and worried like are we gonna you know, be able to open up and be successful in the post COVID climate. I have no idea. Everything is different. And what we've seen is that people are so happy to have all of it back, to have restaurants back, bars back, to be able to, you know, get a haircut with the buddies to, you know, do things. And, and I think it was good for the industry in a lot of ways. It was bad in a lot of ways, but people appreciate us, I think more than they did before. You don't appreciate what you have till you don't have it. And there was no restaurants for a while and people missed it and they realized they're not good at cooking (laughs) and that it's a lot of work (laughs) to bake bread (laughs) and that we bake 700, 800 Mm -hmm. burger buns a month. And that's a lot of effort. And you bake one loaf of bread and that was a lot of effort, you know? Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I remember the first time that we went out June in 2020 when shit opened up, I was so excited. Oh my God. I think we went to beer engine. I was like. Oh my God, it's the best. Yeah. Fucking oh my God, these guys are amazing. Because I've, I've been sitting inside cutting my own hair and getting hammered for four months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they're, or I just, it's just, it just, it's Yeah, soft. I mean, I got the, you know, displeasure of greenhouse closed two months before the pandemic happened. So the restaurant that uh, uh, brought me up in the culinary industry closed and I was like, oh my God. And then I had to get another job after years of being there. Um, and before that, I was a teacher. That's a whole other piece and chapter. <laughs> um, but then the pandemic happened a couple months into open, you know, opening up Summer House in Lakewood. And I'm like, so the restaurant closes, now a pandemic. And then I almost, I didn't work for a restaurant for almost two years till I opened Heart of Gold um, in Ohio City. And I was like working for myself, doing art pop-ups, private dining, food pop-ups, whatever it could be. But uh, I will never forget getting to open Cordelia and run <coughs> a proper restaurant again. The last time was February of 2020. And then the next time again was, you know, July of last year. And in between, you know, the whole world changed for a couple of years. Yeah, it did. And it kind of, you know, probably a little bit more for the people in the restaurant industry, but it jacked it up for a lot of us. So I know we've talked a lot about the... Uh, Obviously about Cordia, but how did it start? Like 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 the genesis of it. <clears throat> well, uh, I kind of can only like jump in where I joined the project. So Andrew Watts, um, he would be a lovely guy. He would probably love to chat with you. Um, he Cordelia was his brainchild. It's his grandmother. Um, he reached out to Vinny, the chef that I work for. Uh, him and I had been doing Fat Boy Sammy's together. He had come out of greenhouse. I opened Summer House with him. Uh, He approached Vinny looking to do something that was like a celebration of Cleveland. That was, you know, what we were all kind of missing after Greenhouse had closed, after Lola had closed. Um, 
and it all kind of started there. Um, they reached out to me, telling me kind of their vision and their idea, and that they had the old Lola space. And pretty much I heard that. My ears were like, oh, my God, to go back to East 4th and get to do, you know, something our way with my friends was was incredible. Um, and then from there, it just kind of became a slow, steady, you know, put it together piece by piece, build the ideas, the design piece by piece. And, you know, it was Andrew's initial vision, you know, Vinny and I's thoughts on food and, you know, Sebastian coming in with the bar program. We really like, I think grassroots kind of built something that we wanted to see Cleveland have, you know. So um, the actual we call it audition for opening Cordelia was we do this big dinner every year called outstanding in the field. It's like a company that travels the country doing these like huge outdoor wood fired dinners. It's like $400 a ticket, 200 people, huge, you know, big deal. And Andrew, the owner came ate Vinny and I's food. And that kind of cemented, like, I want you guys to, to man our kitchen. And that was like August of probably almost three years ago. And, you know, it's been that long of conceptualizing, building the space, you know, building a staff, getting well, yeah, everything. Yeah, if you just to... cross a year. So that, that, that's essentially two years of building <clears throat> yeah. everything before opening. Yeah. So, I mean, it was those guys. Vinny and I knew for a long time um, that we weren't going to be happy until we found something like what we love, something that was based around celebration of like our Midwest Cleveland heritage, our neighborhoods, our Akron JoJo's, our hanky panky, our, you know, goofy food <laughs> we loved. You know, the thing that made me fall in love with food was I saw beanies and weenies on a menu at Greenhouse and it was like duck sausage with heirloom beans. And I'm like, I grew up with that shit in Parma being hot dogs and pork and beans. And this idea that we can celebrate the food we came from in a way that is chefy. Um, you know, we just knew we wanted to do something like that. And when we connected with Andrew and Cordelia started coming, we just like, we're like, this is, this is the lane for, for that food, for that idea. That's, you know, it's fun when you mention things like that about kind of like, like, like chefy to make it like that. I think the thing that I've noticed as somebody who does love good restaurants, but at the same time, just kind of loves just regular food. That's just really, really, really good. You know, I don't need to pay. $80 for a plate, I need to pay $30 for a really good, I, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm, I'm going to appreciate the other one more, I think. And I think uh, that's what I've seen, I think, in the last couple years here is with some of those places. And then there's a couple that, like, I mean, you guys for sure, I think of that. It's not breaking the bank. In fact, the only reason that my bill was high at your place is because I had like three drinks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And because I was like so excited. So I'm like, oh, bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. Um, but then other places are, are very, very similar to that. When I think of like places like LBM or good company, like I'm not going there and 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 you know, spending like my my ass to try to get a good meal. The food is just really good, but it's just like just a regular amount of money that I'm paying. The food is yeah. just good and it's not, you know, steak or anything like that. I'm like just having a really good burger, having really good wings, yeah, having I mean, really good we chicken. We say it all the time, like it's really easy to make good food with expensive things. Yeah. Um, it's impressive to make good food with approachable priced point ingredients because that shows you can cook, you can season, you can build flavors, right? And that's that's the fun of what we get to do is I get to find 
creative ways to turn like reasonably affordable ingredients. I'm not using like caviar and foie gras on all my food yeah. to make it taste good. Like, you know, finding ways to take tomatoes from the farm and make them incredible. I don't need to like charge you a million dollars to do that. You know, no. I just need to cook well and, and do something that you can relate to. Right. And that you want to eat. It's not supposed to be like fear factor to eat weird things at a restaurant. It's also not supposed to be like, just spend a ton of money to have a good meal. Right. Yeah. You know, we I, try to fall in that like middle ground. Yeah, of, like, I, I've been out and in, where I've had to like Google things to find out what the hell I'm, I might be ordering. But we didn't do it. Like I think we had mashed potatoes. We had some chicken. We had I just again. It was just stuff. I just really good versions of stuff that I eat all the time anyway. Yeah, we call that it. I love you know the modern grandma. We're fortunate. We have like um, some people that kind of help us find ways to put what we're wanting to do into words. And modern grandma has been our way of saying like, it's food you grew up with just done in a way. Maybe you haven't had like, it's yeah. the modernist. I hate to use that term <laughs> version of like the things you like, we put the culinary knowledge of years of being in restaurants into making good food. You, you know, I think the thing of all the people that I've talked to, uh, that are in the restaurant business, how many people are involved in multiple restaurants that I love. And you've actually mentioned a couple here. Yeah. You know, Greenhouse, uh, Heart of Gold. Heart of Gold is another one that just, it's just good food. It's just, it's no frills. I just really like the food a lot. Um, obviously Cordelia, but I mean, I know other people on the beer, the drink, and the food side that are just like, oh yeah, I was, I'm like, God, you were involved in that too. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because I love that place too. So being that you've been involved in kind of like the, the, the opening running of a lot of different places, is there one thing that is a constant, not a constant struggle, but one thing that you're always ready that's going to be a problem? And then was there one thing at Cordelia that maybe you just weren't ready for? Because, I mean, the, the industry is unpredictable. So yeah. is there something that you still get surprised about, like at Cordelia, when you were kind of getting things going? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think the biggest surprise and this is you know maybe just me as a person but the the amount of people that love what i love you know i have never done this you know for any form of the accolades the you know love and acceptance the to be known of it i just enjoy cooking and like i thought that's how i could pay my bills um that has been one of the most surprisingly things i was unexpected for for being a part of so many fun cool projects was just like how much it would take me out of being kind of you know your day-to-day -day person and i still a million percent am but just the people that would love and appreciate what you were doing um and how much that would just kind of like become its own self or its own fulfilling thing right we did this because we enjoyed cooking and now we get to do this because what we do makes so many people happy and that was just that's genuinely been the most surprising thing of the last year of opening cordelia i mean opening heart of gold watching greenhouse close was just how many people that like my silly little cheeseburger gets to make their day make their year make you know a difference to them I started doing this as food and then now it's become its own form of like community therapy connection, like, and being a very introverted person, that was the thing that's been like an adjustment, 
you know, to to get used to doing things like this, to to chat with everybody about everything we do and why we do it. Um, it was so unexpected, but I'm so happy to to see it happening this way. Right? You don't seem introverted. Well, I, I, mean, I was joking about, before. Yeah. You know, I, I got to shift into chef mode. You know, this yeah. is um, I did 36 tasting menus last night. Right? I I have to talk to everybody, but in my free time, like. I'm I'm home. I'm by myself. Hey, I'm drawing. I'm, I do get that. I, yeah. I, at work, I have to do a lot of presentations. I have to do a lot of networking. I do this, obviously, because I do yeah, like it. That, but, that losing the work-life yeah. line has been the biggest thing that's been surprising in all this. It's just finding the fact that, like we were saying before, you're always kind of working. This yeah. has just become a thing that is a thing I'm always doing. And I'm happy to do it. I never in a million years would have imagined I had my freshman basketball coach and health teacher come into the restaurant yesterday, <laughs> post pictures of me, share, apparently we're the talk of the town in Olmsted Falls. Everyone knows about us, what we're doing, Cordelia, this and that. Do you know how much I got in trouble in high school and kicked out of class and told I'd flip burgers for a living? And those guys love us now, yeah. you know? And it's like... And technically they were right. Because burgers are still a big part of your life. Huge part of my life. But that's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And, and to go from feeling like what I was doing as an industry was maybe a little thankless, low-paying, hardworking, um, to feeling just the reception is the biggest thing I did not expect with all of this, man. That I feel like that's like an American... Uh, Cleveland, obviously, Northwest for sh- uh, or Midwest for sure. But almost like an American shift, too. I feel like that the, you know, people no longer, at least in my opinion, I think people that like food, they're no longer thinking that an expensive, to kind of circle back, an expensive meal means a good meal. Instead, they're like, where's the best burger? And I mean, what's more just kind of regular family down home than like a burger or wings? But it's become something where... Not even just people are looking for the best, but they're looking for their stock because there's different styles of burgers. That's there's the thing. different it's styles it's of styles. wings. People yes. think that their food preference is fact. It's just preference. It there's is. styles, man. We like different pizzas, thick crust, thin crust, Detroit tile, like whatever it may be. Like Ilrio and Harlow's and Scents, pizza wise, all very different pizzas. They're all amazing, and they're the three best. No question. They really, really are. Yeah. So for me, and I, I actually named them in the order that I think. So I think Ilrio's the best uh but i mean again that's preference my wife yeah. really likes harlow's because she likes the thinner ones yeah and i i'm a you, sense guy i'm a sense is my i mean I, vince is my newfound friend uh you know through all restaurants and the things we've done we've done some dinners with sense yeah. and and stuff like that um but i just i love their pizza is amazing everything else they do is so good like the I, the salads the scrocciatella the wonder bread the, the bread is so good <laughs> And you know what? I'll also just to stick on on sense because they are third for me, but not like a distant third. They're yeah. very very good. My first experience there, and I think again, this is things, and I've told the story a hundred times because I think it's worth telling. Yeah. Um, we were, you know, so they put the uh, the the pizza on like those little like circular wooden kind of like platform whatever I don't know what they're called. Yeah, little like wood blocks. Yeah, yeah. blocks. And uh, I did not balance the pizza well. So the third piece of pizza I took off and the other three pieces, everything fell on the floor. And I I can't tell you how upset I was because I really wanted to eat those other three pieces. They, I never asked them, never did anything. They brought me a full brand new pizza, no charge. 
Yeah, that's the guy Vince is. And, and, and those, just those people in that restaurant, they're good people. And, you know, circling back, that's yeah. that's why they found their success. They don't do it to do great pizza. They do it because they, like, love doing it. They love taking care of people. They just happen to they have love really good pizza. Us. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they all that attention and care translates to the pizza and the fact that, you know, they it wasn't their fault, but, you know, they make those things right. They're good people. Yeah, no, they, they completely are. Yeah. You know, it was a... I'll, I, I, but I mean, I remember those experiences and I think that's, I think it's becoming more of a thing that people pay attention to, but I still think it's underplayed. Another example, Friday night, I went, took my wife and, uh, her, uh, her parents who moved here after we had the baby. So they really like trying new restaurants. So we took them to all saints and we sat on the patio and, uh, they brought my food. And, uh, as soon as my plate got put down, my wife starts eating my fries. It's just a thing. And, um, uh, I jokingly was like, stop eating my goddamn fries. And the guy was just like, can I get you guys anything else? I'm like, yeah, I want five more fries. And he laughed and whatever. Three minutes later, he comes back with another plate of fries. He's like, it's not five exactly, but you seem pretty upset. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember that shit. Well, like, and, in, and the in, fun things are like a lot of those things come and go for us, right, in the restaurant. And a lot of times like, I don't remember it till someone reminds me, but I know they remember it. And that's why every day versus first day, you yeah, know what you I know, mean? It's yeah. it's we have a thing that hangs in our kitchen that Jack Moore, who owns Black Cap Hot Sauce, used to run the Black mm. Pig. He's from uh Watershed. He's a good friend of ours. Um he sent us this pennant from Oxford Pennants. It says every damn day. And you know, that's we say every day, every plate, you know. Every moment, like we should care because it might not matter to you, but it matters so much to the guest, to the person who will remember that cool experience they had, the funny moment where someone sent them fries because their wife <laughs> ate them. The it you was know, hilarious. those I've are the that moments that, that make Friday. a uh, you know a place great that make you talk about it, that make your friend go, that you know that that we. Sh- like love having that. Yeah. It, and I, it, I have it makes one. a difference. Yeah. I have one at so many places that I, that I, I genuinely love, you know, like little interactions with the bartenders, you know, I like, yeah. uh, like Sebastian. I think you mentioned Sebastian, my first time at cloak and dagger when he was there, you know, we were just kind of joking around about stuff and, 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 you know, at, at places like cloak and dagger and like LBM, like yeah. watching them make drinks is kind of impressive. Like I, I mean, ordered, I joke. Sebastian is a gorgeous bartender. The way he does it, it's our man. Art. It really, really. And he was so he asked me like two questions. Like I kind of like this, and he's like, "Wait one, wait, wait one second. I didn't even order. And I watched him. I don't know. He had like four, like you know, like a fire gun and three, and then this, then that, and he shook some shit, and then he I don't know ran away for a while. I don't know. And then he came back and put. He's like, "Let me know what you think." I didn't order, and he wasn't gonna charge me for it. He's like, "Let me know what you think about that." I took one sip and I was like, perfect. This is exactly, thank you so much. And yeah. then he did the same thing to my wife. Yeah. And my we wife was like, that guy's a genius. Like, um, I gauge, I do all the tasting menus at Cordelia. We call them our belly up. It's named after Vinny's grandparents who owned a place called Belly's Deli out in Kent. Because uh, he's from like the Akron, Kent area. And like our tasting menu, everyone is a reflection of the guests I'm talking to. I come drop your first course. I ask the servers to tell me if you've been here before. 
Um, but otherwise, like I drop your first course, I chat with you and I kind of gauge the room and what you get for your next seven courses is based on that, you know, and those people I argue have the best time at Cordelia because I read the room well, I hope, and I get to know you and I talk with you and, you know, I build your menu for what you're going to like from what our, you know, conversations are. And that's hospitality. That's, you know, we're here to show you guys a good time. Like I'm not here to just be like, this is what I enjoy. Right. I'm here because you come in enjoying certain things and it's my job to like align you with what you're looking for. You know, if you're not a seafood guy, you're not going to like this dish. And if you're, you know, not a bourbon person, you might not like a cocktail or, you know, things like of that nature. And that thoughtfulness is super fun to get to do for people and to get paid for. Like I, (laughs) I get to host people. Yeah. It's incredible. So you're a liquid guy. Yeah. So how long have you been here? Uh, north of 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So you were here when Yuzu was here. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of places that I do miss. Yuzu's a big one for me. Huge one. Um, and uh, I was reminded of that when I went to Cordelia because Yuzu, aside from the Yuzu fries, which was a no brainer, they were amazing. Great. And I really liked that they had that, that, uh, that surprise beard shot. I don't know why. I'm yeah, a it was child, like the, I fucking loved it. The thrift shop or whatever yeah. it was. You They're like, like, I remember last time there, they gave me like a, I don't know, it was like a Western Reserve and a shot of Black House. I was like, this is terrible, but I love it. But um, they had a uh, a Korean uh, fried chicken there that I thought was phenomenal. I remember it. Yeah, it yeah. was very, very, very good. And again, it, it is a preference for sure. But that's your chicken kind of took me back to that. I was like, that's what I've been. Well, that's what I tell that's what's every been table missing. that our fried chicken is a mishmash between traditional American fried chicken and Korean fried chicken. Korean fried chicken is double fried. They use more starches than flours. The starch creates crispiness, whereas the flour creates chew from the gluten. And like, so we just kind of amalgamize those two ideas of, I love Korean fried. I love KFC. Let's, you know, find that middle ground of like, and that's, I think what makes our Midwest food for me, Midwest food is like, well, we grew up with all kinds of shit. Like, I didn't just eat pierogies because I live in Cleveland. Like, I yeah. ate Korean fried chicken. I ate sushi. I ate, you know, whatever it may be. And so, like, one those, those are going to influence yeah. what I cook. Yeah, and those Mid- are one what, of those Cleveland misconceptions you're talking about. When people come here, like, oh, I can't believe the kind of food you guys have. We have a lot of different types yeah, of food. Our Asia town is incredible. It's Ooh, one of the things yeah. I celebrate more than anybody or anywhere in Cleveland is, like, our Asia town is incredible. The food, LJ Shanghai, uh, Szechuan Gourmet. Oh, like, Szechuan Gourmet is great. <laughs> I mean, like, and we have a dish on the menu right now. It's Szechuan Green Beans. And it's like a nod to their uh, Szechuan cucumbers and like the sauce that's yeah. built there. And like, it's all those flavors that make shit we like. Because just because it's, uh, you know, American food or we live in Cleveland, like we eat other things. So yeah. I think that should involve or inform our cooking. Like... I very much agree. It's not fusion, but it's there. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what you want to call it. Reinterpretation or or whatever. But I mean, I I do remember, and there's so many examples of that, but that was, that was one that stuck out to me because I said that all the time to my wife, like like, when she was like, Hey, I was a chicken. I was like, it reminds me of the Yuzu chicken that I used to love. Cause I, there were so many things at Yuzu that I loved, but it was so hard for me to not get that chicken in the fries. Yeah. Cause that was just my thing. Like, one of the things that we talked about, and I, I do want to kind of talk about this when we uh, eventually, but I, 
I think also think about not even just like recommending restaurants, but there are dishes in the city oh. that I think are the best dishes. That we I call, just think, I, we I call think them our you, death row meal. I'm like, oh yes, that's a great way. As to put the it. chefs, we're like, so what are you eating? You're about, you're, have, you're getting put down tomorrow. Like, what are you eating? Like, we eat for a living. What's you the meal? You can pick anything from anywhere. At yep. one meal, where are you going to go? And yeah, I love doing that because there are some places that. You know, maybe I wouldn't say it's the best restaurant or one of my favorite restaurants, but it has one of my favorite dishes for sure. Absolutely. And there's a ton of those. There's so many. And I just, I love it so much. Yeah. And that's, I love that. I, I'll get lost talking about food with a table, you know, where to eat that isn't Cordelia. Oh, we're in town from uh, Toronto. We're staying here to go to the Rock Hall. You know, we came to Cleveland. You got to go to Cordelia. I'm like, well, you came to the right restaurant because I'm also going to tell you everywhere else to go yeah. that nobody else is going to tell you to go. Because I think a lot of those places fall off the beaten path of where people tell you to go. A lot of those best dishes places are like little neighborhood spots, little oh, yeah. random places. And the one day I sent uh, a group of people from Chicago on like a wild goose chase of restaurants we followed each other on Instagram, and I wake up the next day, and they're on the wild goose chase. They're going to every, almost everywhere I told them, you know, via our conversation over dinner the night before, you should go to LJ Shanghai. You should go to Harlow's. You should check out Ohio City Provisions. Stop in at Larder. Like, you know, and the next day, I'm click, click, click through Instagram, and they're at every single one of them, and they message me. They're like... Cleveland rules. We're from Chicago. We had such an amazing time. And I'm like, yeah, there's it. It isn't always about like they do everything the best. You know, we all have our niche things that we do really well. Some places, you know, more things than others. But there's a lot of cool food here that people like don't, I think, take the time out of their day to know exists. Yeah. You know, I, in on, on two separate occasions at two different places, I've actually heard People at different restaurants that I do love do the exact same thing that you just mentioned. They're in the restaurant, and I remember I was in Literary Tavern, which is a place that I really, really do like. My old chef de cuisine of Greenhouse, Dennis, he's one of the chefs there. Like I love that. You place. know, like again, that inner webbing of all these. That's places. a gem. Like, yeah, that's one that I don't think gets enough credit for how good it really is. Yeah, I would agree. It's great. Uh, drinks, beer, atmosphere. Everyone there is awesome, and the food is criminally underrated I, I just don't think it's that's a place that doesn't pop on enough lists that should i agree uh, my wife and i love it i think that's probably that and fat cats are the places in tremont that we always go to but one of the times i was in there there was this couple sitting at the bar because uh, we were sitting at the bar too and they're from pittsburgh and they're like you know we're kind of visiting and the guy's like well how's your meal good and like yeah but we're in for the, the weekend he goes you know where you should go and he named all these other places one i was like i felt cool because i agreed with everything but he was like, you're in the restaurant that I work in, but I'm going to send you some other places if you really want to get a feel for how good this city is for drinks and nightlife and for food, which is what they wanted. They're like, we want to know where to get the best this, the best this, the best this. And he's like, my opinion, but you need to check some of these places out. And he named all these places. I was like, aside from just agreeing with it, I just thought it was awesome. And it yeah. also happened at LBM I mean, and I Sebastian it's, did it's, it. It's my best tip when you travel and... You know, and it's not like I created it. I, I'm sure saw it from Bourdain or, you know, somebody else. But go talk to your bartender or your barista or your server. Start at one good place and the rest, they'll tell you about them. Yeah. Don't look stuff up and build your list. I mean, maybe some things will work that way. But 
ask the people around and they'll send you, you know, to where you should be. Agreed. Like, I, and like, I've, we've, if you Google like where best restaurants in Cleveland, you and I, if we did that, some are going to appear on there. We're like, you know what? That place is really, really good. But some you're going to be like, that should not be on this list. Yeah. Like I remember the first time I went to Nashville, we got really, really lucky because my friend lived there for 10 years Yeah. and we got down there and she's like, look, you know, the, the, the strip's awesome where everybody is cool. I'll take you to the places that Nashville people go. And she did. She yeah, took I, us to the I best used, breakfast places, best I used everything. To play in bands. And I had a friend that we, you know, we're a couple kids from Cleveland in our early 20s. Like, we're going to go play in Nashville. And I had no idea what I was walking into. And thankfully, my friend lived there. Everywhere I went, nobody that's gone to Nashville is like, oh, I know about that. But yeah. that's the point. You know, yeah, I, went there, the point. I went there with the people that like live there. And uh, I got the lead singer of Cage the Elephant to buy my shot of Fernet because he cut me at the bar. And, uh, you know, the, my joke forever was like, you know, that's why we end up in these places. Cause we know the people in the industry, the yeah. bartenders hang out where the guitar player does, which is where the cooks are, which is where, you know, we all are. And that's, I think what informs most of the general public into where to go, you know, it's like where the people in the industry are eating is where the people not in the industry end up. Completely agree with that. I mean, that is that is the best advice. You go to a place, and if you like the place and it's your vibe, ask them where else you should go if you're there for a couple of days because most likely they do know. Yeah. They know the places to go. Yeah. And, and they'll ask you, like, what do you want? You like wings? Here are the best wings places, yeah. in my opinion. You know, and that's another thing. Like, I mean, I we, we talked about, like, styles. Like, what, what are the things you like? You know, I mean, my favorite wing places are places that are a little bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Woodstock down the street has phenomenal Yeah, wings. they have smoke wings. Really yeah, good. amazing. Um, good company. Good company has wings that are almost kind of like ribs where they just kind of fall off the yeah, bone. Yeah, they're, they're comfy. Yeah, that's how they're we used to do it. very, very yeah, good. Amazing. Um, but the same thing, we already talked about pizza. And then you talk about breakfast. I mean, it's, you yeah, go on and, and on and about to it. To me, like, you know, this is the, the meta side of life. There's a million things that are going to bring you happiness and also misery. But one of the things that we can all just find a good conversation in is like where to get a good something. Hell like, yeah. And we all find, I maybe it's because I do it all day, every day, and I'm at restaurants, but every day I end up in a long debate about a pizza shop, coffee, ice cream, something, you know, and, and it's, it, it's what I think keeps most people ticking is those little good slice of pizza, that good burger, that beer at their favorite spot. Like we all look forward to leaving our job and getting to do that. And I get to do it all day, every day. Right. Uh, yeah. That's so you're right though. I mean, I think especially even as you get older and I think even social media, I think has made us appreciate it more when you're younger too, because you can kind of see those things and you have, you can see people experience it. You can see the pictures and, I mean, I, honestly, man, uh, uh, Bob Evans was a huge thing when I was young because I was like, pictures of the Same. food, <laughs> pictures of the food, pictures of the food. I like seeing pictures of the food. Yeah. So, I mean, to be able to do that now, and those are the things. Like, my wife and I were talking the other night when we went to go eat. We're like, ah, you know, things are a little more expensive now. Obviously, inflation's a thing. Like, all the more reason that when we go out, let's pick a joint that we yeah. really, really like with good food because I'll pay extra if I have to for a little bit more if it's a good, good yeah, meal. And, and that's... It's we have to eat, right? Like yeah. it's required to keep us ticking, but we choose to find the joy in the community and the the breaking of bread and all of that in it. And 
I think that's like where a lot of the fun comes is it's not even who cares what the best pizza is, right? It doesn't really matter. Half the time it's the conversations about it and the going to get the pizza. That's all the fun in it, right? It's it's the debate. It's it's why we like sports. Who's better than this? Arguing about your favorite player, your favorite team, this and that. It's not who wins the championship. It's the time we yeah. had watching it all unfold, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's like what we like about eating. It's the fact that we're sitting here, you know, talking shop about food that I spent my morning telling someone where to get dinner. And, you know, it's the fun of it all, you know? I remember it's uh, work, but it's, it's yeah. at the end of the day, it's what we all love to do. And in, I'm happy that that's <laughs> what I do for work, right? You can apply that in 2016 when the Cavs won the championship. Um, I remember two plays that from the game that ever and that are the ones that everyone remembers. I remember four hours of sitting in Flannery's with my friends and asking the bartender for a beer and then running out of beer because everybody was drinking yep. the place dry. By the end of the night, I'm like, kind of, I don't know, like a Coors, like we don't have Coors. I'm like, have a Miller Lite, like, we don't have Miller Lite. I'm like, what do you have? He's like, I think we have Genesee Cream Ale. I'm like. I'll take one of those. Yeah. Like, I remember everything about that night and joking around and having fun. I don't remember, I remember the experience. much else, you know? It's like that, and I remember us winning. All I remember is when the fourth quarter started, looking at my wife and saying, we need to go home now, because if we don't leave now, we won't get home till four, because we're never going to get the fuck out of here. And she was against it, and then we got home, and then it kind of blew up. She's like, you're right. We should have came home. Yeah, it blew up. I was in the, uh, God, what was it called? It's, uh, used to be on the street that Potbelly's on. It was, uh, Moriarty's. Um, is that it gone? Was, it's gone. Yeah. And my friend from college, his dad's buddy owned it type of thing. We ended up there. It was chaos. We were crowd surfing beer to the bar cause it was so full <laughs> and the beer was in the back. I had to get the bar over here. So people were just, pushing the beer along and I remember that and I remember us winning and like the door opened and everyone just kind of fell out like they were just like you were pushing on the guy in front of you and like the guy behind you was pushing on you and then you got to the door and you're like oh my god I'm out but like I don't remember the place of the game I just I remember the good time I had you know, watching <laughs> us win. And then it, I did get home at four in the morning because yeah. I was downtown for all of like, it. Nope. There's no Uber, no tech. There's no way it's not going to happen. Yeah. But we have to this day, like, you know, those 2016 shots of us winning and the yeah. parade and all that, like those are on the TV at Cordelia. Cause like for us, you know, reminds us of the heyday of like, that was a great time to be a Cleveland. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah. It was the most fun downtown. The world series was that year. The Monsters, which nobody cares about, but they won the uh, the uh, whatever their division cup is, and then the the Cavs won. So it was oh, you know, it was a big year of everybody was winning downtown, and I was working at Greenhouse, and it was just as busy as it gets. The only thing that I do remember about Moriarty's, and I might be wrong, do don't they not have a bathroom? I think I was peeing in the alley, to be honest, the entire night. That might have been the only time I was there, so I don't know. I was an Ontario Street uh, tavern guy. Do you remember the Ontario? I do, yeah. yeah that yeah. was my bar of downtown and my many years of working downtown. But I remember. I'd been to Moriarty's multiple times, but one night uh, I was there. It was like the last place we stopped. Went in there. We had like two or three beers, and I, I was at the point where, especially at my age, where I pee every 10 minutes. Yeah, and uh, 
I remember uh, kind of standing up and looking around. I look at the bartender. I'm like, where's your bathroom? He's like, we don't have a public bathroom. I'm like, well, that's a big problem because I'm at the stage where I'm going to need one every eight to seven minutes, whatever. So yeah. what do we do now? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well. That sounds like outside. the bar Moriarty's was, right? Yeah. It, it was a, a dive and and – like we don't have any of those downtown anymore, which like bums all of us out. Nick's closed, Ontario closed, and Moriarty's closed. The, Everything downtown is nice now. The only, I mean, dive bars. The only ones that, that stand out in my mind are the Harbor Inn and uh, Judd City Tap. I think those are. I'm not even sure they qualify. Well, definitely Harbor Inn does. They qualify uh, as dives, but they're just outside of downtown. Yeah, they're know? not. Like, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, they're not, the downtown dives. They're not like, because when you, we work downtown, like we're all broke. You don't make a ton of money working in kitchens. No, I need you know, a two dollar beer. Up, like, yeah, I need. Yeah, once and we're cheap. Like I'm trying to get nine dollar beer after work. So yeah. those were the couple places that were just you could spend twenty bucks after work and feel like victorious and not like oh I had two beers, you know. So, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's a few dive bars remaining, but we're definitely leaving the dive bar era. But we were talking about Cordelia being a little bit of a nod to that, at least we hope. Of Like, we love those places, those spaces that... No, I, I do. I, I think that it, kind of similar personality-wise, and I think it's also a place that maybe different people take different things from it. I think you can take it as a high-end place. I think you can take it as a relaxing bar i think you can take it as a high-end restaurant i think you can take it as just like a down-home restaurant i, I again I, I think i think it's something for everyone and i don't even really think it has a definition truthfully well you know i i don't know how to define it i i look at it you know like it sounds like a bad like thing. you said is it it's just meant to be a place we want to be and that yeah. we've learned attracts a wide swath of people that um I think make us a better restaurant because of it, right? It's not just the the rich coming in to eat. It's not your neighborhood dive bar. It's everybody in between. Like, yeah, and that makes that place fun. Like, it's are you hungry and thirsty bar? Yeah, you know that's what it is. It's a big, it's a big area too. Like it's a big spot. It's a huge space. It's an absolute beast to run. We do four hundred and something people on a weekend night. You know. Two three hundred people on a weekday. Is that the biggest spot you've worked in? Greenhouse was size about that size. Oh yeah, greenhouse is pretty big. Yeah, we had the rooftop at greenhouse, two upstairs dining rooms, the main dining room, the basement. But it's it's like on par of what I came up like in with greenhouse. Was, yeah, you know, it's heart of gold, tiny. It's the opposite, right? It's everything. Also, great wings. Also underrated very wings. good wings underrated wings uh also like a tiny just two or three people run it kind of place there's 30 people that make cordelia happen on a day-to-day basis right yeah. like but that's that's what i kind of learned coming up in and and saw so it's fun to be back in something that size you know it's like it feels like a professional sports team uh, you know right there's yeah. all these people that make it what it is you know, so it's it, coming up from Greenhouse. So, like, Greenhouse had something that, and I don't know what it is about this, but if you have this, you already have 80% of my heart, and it's a rooftop bar. Yeah. I don't know what it is about rooftop bars, but 
when that is something I I will bypass and forgive a lot of other shit. Yeah. If you have a rooftop, I actually have Moriarty's had a rooftop bar. I'm like, I'll get through it. I'll just hold it. Yeah. <laughs> but something about in greenhouse had just one of the coolest rooftop yeah. bars I've ever I mean, been. I remember in. 2016 going back to that. I was, so I came, I was teaching, like I mentioned, uh, for like my early twenties, teaching art and music, working with kids on the autism spectrum. Um, and I got a job at Greenhouse because I love restaurants as a side gig. And then I just like fell in love with the place. Like bar backing on the rooftop in 2016, one of the coolest experiences of my life. Every night was so fun. Every night was a celebration of the Guardians, the Cavs win, a great night of weather, whatever it was. Like people were downtown to be on that rooftop bar, to have a good time. And it just was infectious. And... I came in for the food, but I fell in love with the the environment, the the bar, the the joy that all of that stuff brought to downtown. Um, and it was just that rooftop bar was like a huge part of it was it just brought an energy to the restaurant that like was unmatched. I had so many fun nights there. I had so many nights there where the next day we were all like, we should have left earlier. <laughs> like, I mean, I have just a friend who shall remain unnamed, but uh, he recently got married and told me he consummated his relationship with his now wife on that rooftop. And we like didn't know each other well when he told me that we were just like at a restaurant drinking after work kind of thing. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really happy you have such a positive memory yeah. of our rooftop I'm bar. I'm happy we do such a deep clean every week. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, like everybody that went up there, you got lost in the skyline and the good time, and it was awesome. Yeah, you know, it was that was a, a great place. One. That was a bummer. Like, that was a, you know, again, like I mentioned, like the Yuzu one. There's a couple in the city that I still... The Black Pig was one that, yeah. you know, like it was a great restaurant. It, it there, There's definitely some that... They still hurt, but that's the evolution of, I think, all of this, right? Yeah, like, we call it the wildfire. Yeah. Stuff burns out, new things come. That is the... If the, there was no closure of Lola, there would maybe be no Cordelia. So, oh, you yeah. You know, in those sure. senses, like... Well, and you know what? I think you're... I, I mean, do you think that that could have... Well, probably. I don't know. It's one of those things that I guess it's harder to, to picture it like a, on a smaller scale. Like a Cordelia in the size of a heart of gold. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, it was, I, like I said, I'm adjusting to the well reception of all of this and, and having an opinion on these things. But I, I told Cleveland Magazine when I was chatting with them when we won Best New Restaurant, I don't know if it's serendipity, lightning in a bottle. I don't know how to describe it. All of the stars aligned with Cordelia. The right address, the best team I've ever worked with the right time in the dining scene, what I think Cleveland was looking for. All of these things kind of just matched up. And I don't know if you could change any one of them and it would be what it is, right? The location, yeah. who's there, you know, it, it, but those are as much as I miss the places that have gone. I think what left left a void for something new. And, you know, that's, that's looking at hospitality how many neighborhood restaurants have been open 80 years? Not a lot of them, you know? It's No, that's... It a, comes, it goes. It's yeah. it's the life cycle of it all. <clears throat> it is. It's, it's harder. It's rare. I, it is becoming more and more rare. Um, 
that's one of the things I do like about a, a big thing I like about Lakewood is that there are places that were here that are here today that were here yeah, twenty years ago. Exactly. But then there's also new stuff. That that is something a thing that I really somewhere dig about in there. The city. I think finds like you know it's what you like when you go to New York and anywhere yeah. else is you have some really cool new stuff and that's in the building of what was some closed old stuff. Yeah. But also what makes that neighborhood great is some great cornerstone places that have been there forever, right? Yeah. And oh yeah. And, you know, it's a greenhouse closing was one of the most genuinely traumatic, hard things to have ever figured out as a chef. Like I quit teaching to be there to a couple of years later, have that rug pulled out from under me. Right. So when that happened, I was like, you know, what do we do now? And then now I look at Cordelia and I'm five doors down and, you know, it's everything I hoped it would be without all of the things that I didn't love about the place I was at Greenhouse, right? Yeah. And that evolution makes hopefully our food scene better, our, you know, our, our city better. Well, I think, and, and the thing that we haven't talked about yet that I think is important, I think, in my opinion, I think is the most important thing for like a restaurant that has a good reputation is the consistency of kind of what you're delivering. Not just service, not just food, not just atmosphere, not just drinks, all of that. And there are, again, you know, some of the places that we've talked about tonight that uh, they are like that. And they're not just like that with my experience. They're like that with everyone that I know's experience. Like we mentioned Noble Beast. I've never had a bad food yeah. meal there. LBM's always great. Yours has always been great. And those are the ones that, again, it's not even just me. When so, like when when uh, when someone's like, "Hey, I'm my, a friend of mine from Akron." A little while ago, was like, "Hey, coming up here, I want to get some beers and things." Where should I go? I'm like, "Go to Noble Beast. Just go there. If you want to, if you want a brewery, go there. I think it's the best brewery, all encompassing in the city." He messaged me. He's like, "You're 100 percent right. The beer was great. The food, and he's and this is one place like that. They're like the food was." Very surprisingly amazing because you're like brewery, you're thinking bar food. You you think it's going to be good and you're going to like it, but he's like, that's different though. And it's always been like that. And I've been to Noble Beast 50, 60, 70 times. I don't know. And there's never been a time where it's been like that. LBM is the same, same thing. I don't know anyone that's been like, uh, it was okay when I went. They're all like, it's awesome. And those guys are great. I mean, same thing with yours. We, I tell my cooks this and if they, listen to this podcast they will be like god damn it but i don't remember your good service man i remember your bad service no one does i remember your bad service i remember when you didn't order broccoli the day we need fucking broccoli i remember when you didn't cook this right like and thankfully the culture we have at our restaurant like it's not at other places i've been where it's comes down like a hammer right that we keep consistency because we do things a certain way um it comes from a place of love. Like I want it to be good every time, man. I only remember your bad days, not cause I'm mad at you, but because it was my bad day. Right. And like that every time, every plate, every damn day thing is like, I think what separates some places from other places. Cause there are some places I love that I won't name that I know they have bad days and I get food from them sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, it wasn't my favorite day from so-and-so. I still go. I know how the industry goes. Yes. But the places that are, to me, the giants are the places that every day, every cocktail, every plate, every herb on that plate that left that kitchen is, you know, how it should be. And that's, you know, it's a level of detail that's a blessing and a curse, you know. 
I, I agree on, on all points. I, I think it's a, it's something that, you know, you, you, it's so much pressure because you're like every single day, every single plate, every single thing on the plate, but you're absolutely right. And this is in all industries, not just restaurants. Like, I mean, shit, Yelp is essentially everyone that's ever had a bad experience. Yep. No one goes to Yelp to let everyone know it was awesome. They're like, yeah, they leave and like, hey, that was really good. Let's go home. That's it. Yep. But and that's, I mean, and that's we're remembered by our worst moments. Yeah. You know, I can tell you my worst service, plate by plate, day by day. You know, any moment of it, I remember it. There's been hundreds of great ones. I forget them. I, you know, until someone reminds me, it's not there. But um, I think that's for better or worse, the obsessive thing that makes the people I know good at what they do. And I've modeled what I choose to do after that, right? Is, you know, I saw success in an industry, in a field that I loved and looked up to. And I was like, okay, so if that's how they do it, that's how I should do it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it builds a better cook. I think it builds a better person because you start to find care and attention in everything, you know, not just that plate, but every extrapolating thing out of that plate right and i think it's a practice of like you know i joke all the time like a, a of meditation almost like making sure every little thing is right every time is that almost like mantra to yourself that keeps your motor running you know it keeps you thinking about like i'm not doing this because some guy's telling me to do it i'm doing it because he cares that much now I've absorbed that thought process. Now I'm feeling that way, but you apply it to things outside of hopefully your restaurant, your plates, your station, yeah. your food, right? You apply that like I should care and be intentional and purposeful with everything I do, not just my cheeseburger. Yeah, I mean th there is a look look there's a, a a negative and a positive to kind of being obsessive about some of the things that you do. But you know, trying to you know n not be a perfectionist, but just taking pride in what you're doing, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, if it, if it overcomes you and it, it, it's just like every second of every day, yeah, I, I, that can be negative. But if you take pride in what you do, and it's not because you're worried about what someone's going to say or what, because like, look, this is my work and this is what I want to do. I want people to enjoy it. You've mentioned that a couple of times here. Not that you're afraid that someone's not going to like it or leave a bad review. You want people to enjoy the things that you enjoy. And yeah. I think that's why it kind of, and it comes off that way. And that's, you know, I, I know it's easier said than done yeah. to tell people like, Hey man, don't worry about what other people think. Everyone worries about that. They're going to, yeah. you can't get around that. But you know, to, to kind of like, turn that into a worrying about what people think, but it's because I'm concerned about what people it's think. It's from the of, place yeah. of where it yes. comes from, right? It's yeah. like, it's coming from like, I want you to genuinely have a great time. Yeah. Not like I'm worried if you don't like us, right? That's, I feel like that's a big difference. I don't worry if you're going to like Cordelia or me or our food. I just worry if like you're having a good time out. And I think those work well together where it's like you don't feel like someone's trying too hard or trying to impress you or you you just feel like you're at somewhere where someone is hopefully giving it their all and a bunch of people are giving it their all right yeah you know like and i think that's a tough thing with this industry 
Sean Brock talks about it a lot, you know, being a famous chef and the really hard things he went through to build his uh, restaurants and his career and how a lot of it's like very toxic. And I think like a big thing we focus on at Cordelia is finding that good service, that good time without it being a negative toxic thing. Yeah. You know, with, with it coming from a place of like joyful hospitality, not fearful execution. Like I'm scared of the people I work for, so I better work really yeah, well. Yeah, that's different. You know, that's it's different. like, wow, these people I work for really love this, so I should really love this. And becomes contagious you know? we talk about like you know forgetting something like the uh, an order or something like that it, the the atmosphere and the culture that you kind of build there's two reactions to that is ah, i fucked up i gotta make sure i not do that again or there is a fear of fucking up so it never happens again like yeah those are two very different oh yeah feelings I mean, my cooks at the end of the night will be chatting and like something that they missed that didn't really bother me bothered them yeah and that you know like makes me happy and realizing that like we've created that atmosphere we've created that culture like you're not worried to upset me or the guest you're worried about did you disappoint yourself you know that's you talk about taking pride in your work everyone is and that's what i think builds what makes people have a good time with us like you know it's coming from the ground up from the top down like everybody just takes pride in in cordelia in our food in our beverage and and what we're doing. And you're not going to impress or, or, or win everyone over. You're yeah. going to get some ding dong that's going to be like, hey, man, I ordered the chicken. I hate chicken. You're like, why'd you order the chicken then? Order yeah. something else. Like, well, somebody told I me that fried chicken was unmemorable the other day. And I was like, well, clearly not the case. Unmemorable? Huh. And I was like, well, funny story. Know, I don't remember who said it. So you're not memorable yeah. either. <laughs> preference, man. Like it might not be your fried chicken, but you know, it's, it's what I like. So. Yeah. I completely agree. But in circling back to our bathroom conversation from uh, more, <laughs> can I run upstairs yes, and, and hit the bathroom? No, we don't have a bathroom, have a dude. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go outside. This is Moriarty's as well. This is Moriarty's too. Yeah. Am I still at Moriarty's? Is you it are. 2016? It's never ended. Yeah. Oh, wow. This the is... game is still, it's the fourth quarter. We never won. <laughs> go do it. All right, bathrooms are all done, man. We're, We're done. Good. We're back. Um, so uh, the Cleveland scene, Yobeso came out recently, and you guys are on there, not surprisingly. Um, but I, I was mentioning like the things we, we were talking about, like you know when like when you visit a city, you know someone there, you go to the places that they go. What are some of the places that Cle- even Cleveland people are like? You don't know how good this place, like a, like. There's the, a couple that yeah. I'm thinking of, but I'm curious what yours are. Like the, the places that you one, just don't know about. Yeah, it's always LJ Shanghai. Uh, I don't know if you've been. It's like soup dumplings, Shanghainese, uh, street food. Like it's incredible. It's LJ is the the owner. LJ Shanghai, the name. Uh, I think her parents cook. Her family's all a part of it. It's incredible. And I just feel like it's one of those places that if you know, You've been there, and if you haven't, you're going to go, and then you'll be like, holy shit, I can't believe I haven't been there. Um, Caribe Bake Shop comes to mind if you haven't been to there. Um, it's like island-style Caribbean food, kind of Puerto Rican. It's very like um, lunch counter-esque. You get a clamshell, pick what you want in it, rice, beans, pick your protein. It's so... I think incredible. I think Levin, the bakery. Oh, it's great. Yeah. We use them at the restaurant. I think they're newer. People don't realize 
really how good of pastries and breads and stuff they're putting out. Um, you know, I, the list is, is long. Where, where do you mention kind of to people? So, um, mine's like, it's, it's preference kind of like, it's kind of been the theme is just preference, but, um, depending on what you're in the mood for, I mean, just down here, great dog diner has really good breakfast wraps and really good pancakes. I always get their, uh, it's like potato hash. Oh, with, their hash is great. With sausage gravy, eggs. It's like a garbage plate kind of yeah. thing. So it's, good. It's, but it's one, I remember the first time I, my, uh, my, uh, our friends brought their kids over and it was like a New Year's Eve thing. I wanted to stay the night, whatever. The next day I ordered a bunch of stuff from Grey Dog and, uh, and ordered it, like brought it home. And I'm like, God, these pancakes are really, really good. But their wraps are always good. They're, they're little breakfast wraps with they yeah. put potatoes in the wraps. So I think it's, which I think is key. I don't know why everyone doesn't do that. That should. That's my go to breakfast: eggs and like leftover JoJo's from the restaurant yeah. in a tortilla shell. Breakfast of champions. Yeah, that's a that's always been a great one for me. Um, yeah, that's been like I mean, like I said, I moved to Lakewood at nineteen or twenty. Uh, that was my day after a night out drinking spot yeah. for a long time. Was Gray Dog Diner like? Oh, it's breakfast. The Great best, dog. yeah. For uh, another one, like beer wise, for me, and it's not Cleveland based, but they had a Cleveland location, but it's gone. Was uh, in Ohio City, Bad Tom Smith had some of the best beer. Uh, I mean, really, really. That was really, one of those places that I like. It never walked by all the time. Never seemed like anyone. Well, knew. I, this have... might be the only time I've ever talked about it or thought like outside of seeing it and knowing. But so you know, l- this is a legit thing. So. um it's based out of Cincinnati, I'm almost pretty sure. But they had probably 14 different beers. No frills, no no ciders, no sours, none of that shit. Which, you like it, you like it. I've never been. I'm I'm more of just a, I like a good stout. I like Same. a good you know, red ale. That's great. Um, and that's what they had. They had IPAs. They had lagers. They had stouts. They had porters. They had red ales, brown ales. That's what they had. And... Um, but it was a small place. It was kind of hidden and squished in between other places. They yeah. didn't have a kitchen. It's like pizza swirl or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like right in between that and where Ohio City Burrito yeah. is right now. And they just didn't have a. Uh, they didn't have a kitchen. You could bring food in. Yeah. But they also had this thing, and I the first time I went in there, um, had I you know, had like three of their beers. I'm like these are good beers. They had this thing where you can join a club where if you pay like seventy bucks, you get a t shirt. Uh, two glasses, two coasters. I have all these things too. Um, and then every single beer is $3 for life, including whoever's in your party. So I could bring 10 people in there. We all order beers all night and I show them my card. Every beer that we order is $3. That's wild. It's a fucking great that deal. That reminds me of like jammy buggers in Lakewood back in the day. A former hidden gym. Uh, I mean, that That's place was one. like, they had all the dad beers. They did that weird, like, mm-hmm. I drank 40 dad beers at Jammy Bugger <laughs> shirt. And they're like, I'm a, you know, I'm a restaurant guy. Like, my beer of choice, like, generally is, you know, PBR, Coors Banquet. You know, that's what they have at LBM, Coors Banquet, yeah. Stroh's. Like, those are my beers. I, you know, I'm, I get to drink good shit on the clock, which is a funny <laughs> thing to say. And I drink cheap shit off the clock because like, you know, I eat and drink for a living. And then when I'm off work, I'm like, yeah, hey, whatever. Like gin and tonic, uh, PBR, like I'm not fancy. 
Yeah, um, that, but that, that was like Jamie, Jamie Buggers was a great dad man. beer, good burgers, good fries. Like uh, that wasn't here gym. very. I think by the time we got up here, it wasn't here much longer. I think. Fair. Uh, yeah, that was that was like Baroku was like pretty new in downtown or in Lakewood, and then Jamie Buggers. Those were some of my like, you know, who's off the cut in Cleveland that no one's had. I'm like, Jamie Buggers, great. Uh, Baroku when it was the OG Baroku was. Such a cool place. Did you ever go when it was that? It was no, no, no. So no. before they remodeled in that space, it was a house like it is now, but it, each room of the house was a dining room. It was still set up that way. Since they've torn all the walls down and like made it a different space, but it was a really, really cool spot. And they only had that. They didn't open Polpo yet. They hadn't opened Ola. Uh, yeah. This was their only spot. And it was just like, such a fun off the beaten path like i think the dad kind of owned and ran the kitchen and the son did the art and the space and the concept and baroku you know in like 2010 early 2010s was like i mean still a great place but was just one of those you have to go there you probably haven't heard about it yeah but you should definitely check out baroku yeah, they're brewery wise. I don't think enough people go to Forest City. Um, we did pop ups there. We did like a a little residency when we were like a burger pop up called yeah. Fat Boy, um, and we were there like every Tuesday for a month or two. And yeah, really good beer. They do like a cream ale that's like super do. proper, super like it's round um, and nice. It's funny, but the yeah, like uh, if you want like what you think of like an early 2000s brewery looks like that's Forest City. Yeah. Where it's just where they make the beer and they're like, ah, we must have put a place for people to sit. Like brick and barrels like that too. Yeah. Like a place where you can, like that's, and and a really underrated patio too where they yeah. do really cool Gorgeous stuff. patio. The space overall is so Well, they cool. have a big event space. Huge too. event space. Yeah. Um, um, they do live shows with like Ray Flanagan. Yeah. You, you yeah. know Ray. I think. I know of him. Okay. I, I, I He's on my list for sure. Okay, yeah. He's been Ray, suggested a couple of times. I'm just yeah. so Ray plays there all the time. Like it's a cool spot, little neighborhood spot. Toby lives like across the yeah, street. He does, so. yeah. Him but and I have like ended up there a couple of times. I yeah, really good beer, but it's just it's a it's a place it's on I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just I think everyone should go there. Yeah. For sure. It's just a really, really cool place. I like it a lot. Yeah. I think there's there's so many of those in Cleveland, and that's the beauty of here that people don't realize is what you look up as the best restaurant or the best this there's no qualms against those places, but there are so many other places in those categories that are so good that don't get the traction that some of the bigger spots do. And that's where the cool stuff in Cleveland is, is I agree. Like if you were to look up like best breweries, I, I would, if you're visiting, you look that up. I'm guessing great, and, and no disrespecting him. Yeah, uh, like Great Lakes would come up. Great Lakes has great beer. Great Lakes has, I think, the best style in the city. Their oyster sauce the best style in the city. Uh, Saucy Brew would probably come up. You know that that place is. You know it, it does really really well. Uh, and then I think probably well until recently, Platform probably would have came up just because of the name. Yeah. But yeah, but like people like that live here are like no. Like Bookhouse is another one of those oh, places so where like. Good. Um, they do really just like thoughtful, like common ales and, you know, weird like English style pilsners and things that like people aren't doing. They're not Apple an box. IPA driven 
place. They're not yeah. a sour driven place. They do no. a lot of like stouts, a lot of brown ales, a lot of pilsners, dark lagers. Like yeah. they do. When I see a dark lager, I'm like, this place knows what the fuck they're yeah. doing. Yeah, and and they do a lot of that stuff. We did some pop ups with them. I did. Uh, I got hip to them through Dave Cocab. Um, I don't know if you know the him. Name is he's familiar. the chef at Patron Saint. That's that how just I know. Him. Yep. Okay. I he's actually like, just booked them. They're going to come on a couple weeks. Yeah. He's amazing. But he did a pop up there and I went to eat Dave's food and then I had their beer and I was like, wow, really surprisingly great. And I got to know uh, the guys that owned it. They brought us in for pop ups and just like there's so many of those little spots that are like the fabric of our food scene, the fabric of our. Lakewood, Ohio City, Tremont mm-hmm. neighborhoods is all those little spots. And, yeah. you know, I think like what we hope to do at Cordelia is be a celebration of all of them. You know, is I want to tell you about them all. I want them to be doing well. I want them to send people to us. I want us to send people to them. And that's what yeah. builds this like rich community that, you know, we are happy to be a part of. There's room for everybody, you know, uh, I remember, uh, so my friend Lindsay, who runs Flight Cleveland, um, she's friends with Alex, who runs Jukebox. They're down the street from each other. Technically, you would think they're competitors. They're not. They're friends. I remember the last time I was in Flight, Alex came in. Last time I was in Jukebox, Lindsay came in. Like, I mean, they're they're under that mentality. There's room for all of us here to do well. And uh, I think those places do well, and those places then have that reputation of, this is who you should support, and that's why places like that do well. And I think that's why places like yours are going to continue to do well. Well, thank you. I mean, it's we're so happy to to get to be doing what we're doing, and you know, it's it's a pleasure to get to chat food with you, and and just to to have a voice in this food scene. It's just it's fun. It's it's fun. It's humbling, and it's yeah. It's like it's one of those things where we all grew up looking up to all the people that we now talk to every day. At least, you know, that's how I feel is, you know, the guys that own the shop next door and down the street and this place are guys that I've always been like, man, I I remember being at the bar with you, Ryan Hardwick, and hearing you talk (laughs) about when you were going to have your barber shop, right? 10 years ago. You know, I remember when he went to barber school and now look at Black Cat and just seeing everybody doing, you know, what they hope to do is just, it's awesome to be a part of it and to see, you know, the, the new wave of, of Cleveland things happening. And a guy like Ryan, who was the same guy that he was 10 years ago. Yeah. He just happens. Still, actually, still in bands. He just, still, he just, he just opened his barbershop, but he's the same dude. Yeah. Man. You know, and, and that's, that's why people always go back to him too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Can I snag another beer? From you a hundred percent can. Like she, why don't we, uh, why don't we close up and we'll have an uh, we'll yeah, have an yeah. after hours beer? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, where can everybody find you? Where can everybody find Cordelia? Yeah. Where can everybody find your stuff? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Chip the Dipper. Always uh, threw me off. A nod to <laughs> Chip the Ripper. I don't know how into Cleveland hip hop you are. I'm a big hip hop head. Chip the Ripper is like a famed Cleveland rapper. Uh, but yeah, Chip the Dipper uh, on Instagram. Ryan Matthew is kind of what I go by for all of the the chef socials as well. Either of those, you'll find me online. Cordelia, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, yeah, those are kind of the contact points to hit us up. Awesome. Well, I do appreciate you coming, man. Yeah, of course. This was a lot of fun. Eye-opening and cool. For an introvert, you sure are cool to talk to. Well, thank you, man. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a never-ending journey. So thanks so much for having me. It was great uh, to talk course, food man. with somebody, man. Of course.
Yeah. Well, that's it, man. Um, well, I can tell you about the live show, but by the time this comes out, the show's already done. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Hope I saw you guys there. Yeah, But that's cool. it. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy.